Hello everyone and welcome to yet another episode of the world's greatest boxing podcast, I Like Boxing with Joe and Joel. I'm Joseph Caulfield, joined as always by the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, the boxing scholar himself, Joel Ilié. Joel, how are you? I'm good, thank you, mate. How are you doing, Joe? I'm good. Can't you complain. Decent weekend, all of that? Yeah, lovely, yeah. lovely. Yeah. Went for dinner last night with the missus. Oh, Nice Italian. Her. Yeah. <laughs> At least she got a good meal out of yeah, it. Yeah, nice yeah. Nice Italian restaurant. Prawn the starter, followed by a seafood linguine for me. Oh, it was delicious, mate. Not paying them, were you, I assume? <laughs> Actually, I wasn't. This was a, this was a re- reward for my, you know... My career exploits recently. Excellent. Mate. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank Joe. you Congratulations. very much. Yes, yes. Uh, very pleased for you. Well deserved. Yes, yes, yes. I'm not really moving up in the world, listeners. I'm just earning a bit more money in another job. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Doing the same thing I was before. But yeah, no, that was nice. And what else did I do? I uh, yeah popped out today, you know, eh, just the usual. Popped out, what, shops or, or just that, news see. agents? Or? <laughs> Is this going to make the cut, mate? Our boring conversation. <laughs> I don't think our listeners care what my Sunday was like, Joel. What was your weekend like, mate? It's all right, mate. It's all right. Oh, I, I saw you bought a, a new dressing gown and slippers. Oh, beautiful, mate. Red yeah. tartan. Yeah. yeah. I was greeted by Joel at the front door looking a bit dapper. Thank you. <laughs> First Thank time you. for everything. <laughs> it's all right. I could teach Canelo a thing or two about nightwear, mate. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was yeah. all right, isn't it? Yeah. Looking good. Yeah, thanks, man. You should, I, if you um, ever take up boxing, you've got to come down the, you know, do your ring walk with that dressing gown. <laughs> Pretend I'm Scottish now, American, what, what, all white American fighters, yeah. pretend they're Ivy. I'll just go to Scottish angle. Give your opponent a full sense of security. He'll look at you and think, I'm going to smash this idiot. <laughs> Obviously, you know, doesn't know what's about to hit him. Right. Let's jump straight into the reviews. I'm Eamon Gear, and I know it's I'm Eamon Gear because on the opening bell podcast, they referenced I'm Eamon Gear, although they sort of said it like, hi, May. So I'm, I'm, I think I'm right, basically. I've heard over the last few days more of a Jaime because it, it struck me that it sounded a bit like Hyman. Yeah. And so I remembered it this yeah. time. And so I do think it's Jaime, but I'm just going to press ahead with Jamie. Yeah. I'm going to call him Jaime. Jaime Mungir against John Ryder. And uh, we thought that Jaime Mungir would win this and uh, win it, he did. A bit more comprehensively uh, than I thought we thought he would. He uh, stopped John Ryder in round nine. That was a corner stoppage. Ryder, I think, had been put down four times in total by that point. It was a sort of corner stoppage. Just something I wanted to discuss. That was a strange stoppage. I don't know who stopped that fight. Yeah, well, I think the corner were desperate to stop the the fight. But and who gave the go-ahead for that bell to be rung? Yeah, exactly. That's Yeah, because the bell was rung, the which is odd. The bell was rung to stop the fight. Yeah. That is yeah. not how you stop a fight. I don't really have a problem with that because I'd rather see the fight stop by any means necessary instead of seeing a fighter really badly hurt. No, I, I disagree. We've got rules in boxing and the rules are that only the referee can stop the fight. Yeah, I, I get who's, that. But... Who's given this? Who's, who's given the go-ahead to ring that bell? Seriously. Obviously, who's who? Who's made that decision? The timekeeper? Yeah, but if the referee is not paying any attention to the corner, desperately trying to get, but his he doesn't attention. have to. the The referee can ignore the corner. We've seen it in boxing before. Yeah. The referees, you know, you see it sort of once every year or two. The referee purposefully yeah. ignores the corner. That was not the decision of whoever made it. So yeah. I've I've got a problem with that. I haven't yeah. got a problem with the fight being stopped at that moment, but I've got a problem with it because it's not as though. 
It's not as though Ryder was taking an absolutely horrific beating. No, I, I, I agree with that. Yeah, he wasn't taking an absolutely horrific beating, but, you know, he was he was just going to take more punishment. And he'd been in a really hard fight against Canelo, where he obviously took a lot of punishment. So, yeah, at this weird stoppage of, of sorts in the ninth round, Aime Mungir, the, the winner. What did you think of his performance? I thought it, yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought that was the best I've seen him mm. look. He looked like he benefited from the move to the wildcard gym. Freddie Roach. Very much looked like a Freddie Roach fighter as well. Just yeah. intelligent, pressure fighting, perfect matchup for the guy. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked his performance. I thought that right from the beginning, he looked sharp. Mm. He was catching John both on, on the way in mm. and when he was backing him up. He, mm. he, Ryder didn't know what to do in that fight yeah, yeah. because it, it didn't really matter. He, he laid back against the ropes or got caught up against the ropes and he was getting caught or when he was really trying to rush him or at least trying to press him and yeah. move towards him, he was then getting caught. He got floored both ways round. Yeah. So it was a really difficult spot. That shows a real intelligence of what Mungir was doing that he kind of left Ryder with, with no corner to turn to. Yeah, yeah. It was a yeah, good good quality performance. I liked it. Yeah, it was a great performance. I thought the body work of Mungir was excellent as well. I also thought John Ryder was a little bit gun shy with the the left hand. I just he didn't throw it enough for me, and I did think that Mungir was very much open to just just throw the like the left hand like yeah. And when he did throw, he was catching him. Yeah, I thought that Ryder at times did tidy work. I thought he nicked a few rounds, even though it was a one sided fight in mm. many ways. Mm. He was actually edging a few rounds there. I think mm. I gave two rounds drawn and two rounds to Ryder mm. in the fight but I finished it when at the time of the stoppage we had it 78 to 73 something like that yeah so, yeah. yeah so I'm aiming gear a really really good victory there's obviously been a lot of talk about who he fights next and the obvious candidate being put forward is Canelo Alvarez David Benavides has also been thrown into the mix but I think you know they're all Mexican let's get an all Mexican clash going do you think he's he's sort of done enough to get the Canelo fight? And would you? I mean, how would you sort of, on a preliminary basis, rate his chances against Canelo? Decent. I would still have Canelo as the favourite in the fight, mm. but I would say that he's, he's got a very decent chance. He looks good at the moment. He's a lot fresher than Canelo. Mm. Yeah. So he could do. I don't see any other standout contender there to fight him. You know, other than David Benavides. Yeah. You know, and I think that David Benavides will get the shot before before he does as well yeah i don't think i mean if i was him i'd steer clear of david benavides oh, 100%. 100%. it's amazing like they uh i'm aiming gear has been a pro since he was 16 and, and he's 27 now and he's had 40 professional fights i mean most a lot of pros don't get to 40 professional fights by the end of their career these days it's, it's mad well, um, it's uh it's an old school mexican fighter he is yeah and, but i mean that does it just that, those facts sort of do indicate that there is a, a sort of prodigious talent somewhere there. I mean, to be to go pro at 16, and albeit he's he has been, you know, his record is a bit padded, but 40 fights, 27 years old, undefeated, he's looked good in his last two fights, he's passed the gut test as well in one of those fights. You never know. You never know. He could, you know, he could be one of the big players in the in the in the next few years. I think a problem that he's got is that he's with Golden Boy, mm. and Golden Boy don't have many fighters. Yeah, and everyone keeps in house at the moment, and yeah. no one seems to want to work with Golden Boy. So he's going to have real difficulty in getting the big fights against Canelo. 
Yeah. And against Benavides and, and yeah. fighters of, of this ilk is is likely going to keep on fighting sort of um contenders, top ten contenders of the likes of John Ryder as opposed to those big guys right now. Yeah. Until Alvarez can get back to the zone or he, he moves the other way. Do you read much into the fact that he was able to stop Ryder and Canelo wasn't? No, I think that Ryder couldn't, for whatever reason, do what he did against Canelo. He couldn't quite take the punishment. He was competitive in the fight, but he looked like either a damaged fighter or he looked like he wasn't quite willing to sort of go to the dark places that he did against Canelo. Yeah. Both of those scenarios, I would say, don't sort of look bad on Canelo in that instance. Although, not that I thought that... Alvarez actually looked great against Ryder. He didn't. He didn't. No. He had a bit of an off night. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 arguable that Canelo maybe took beat the stuffing out of him, and he was damaged goods in this fight. Yeah, he's what thirty four now, isn't he, Ryder? Is he thirty four? Thirty no, he's thirty five. Thirty five. Yeah, yeah. Just on Ryder, I mean, you've got to be looking at retirement now, surely. Yeah, he's made good money. He's bought his house out in the countryside, apparently. Yep, he's uh, maybe... gone from Islington to Essex. Yeah, you know. I don't know why you'd do it that way. <laughs> really, Come, if you make well, your money. No, because it's, hey, you can buy a nice big house in Essex for a reasonable money. So he's gone, you know, he's living in a bloody flat in Islington, which is probably twice as he much. Could, he could buy like a three bed flat in Islington, mate. That well, means you've made it. Could do, but if you've got a family, young kids, you want the garden, you want the space and all of that stuff. And to be fair, probably the schools as well. I also think where he was training was also in Essex, so it's just the gym's not, you know, much nearer. So, yeah, no, I'd like to see him retire. I mean, he's had a really good career. Yeah, like you say, we think he's made good money in his last few fights, enough to sort of retire now. Well, here's, here's one for you. I, I saw IFL TV posted earlier on today. It was actually on, on a little YouTube posting, a yeah. list of his notable opponents, John Ryder. So yeah. if he retires tomorrow, yeah. he's fought Billy Joe Saunders, yeah. Nick Blackwell, and this is when Nick Blackwell knocked was on a out. really good yeah, tear. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, he, Nick Blackwell knocked him out. Yeah, actually. no, no, that's yeah, what I meant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Nick yeah, Black it was the only time out, yeah. he'd been knocked out, but it's a bit of a controversial stoppage, but yeah. Nick Blackwell was a hot fighter at the time. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. on a really good streak. He was quality until he fought. <laughs> Chris Eubank Jr. and had that terrible injury. Mm. Uh, he's fought Rocky Fielding, Jamie Cox, Callum Smith, Daniel Jacobs, Zach Parker, Canelo Alvarez, and Amy Mangua. I mean, that's like quite a... That's <laughs> say quite hi, Amy Mangua again, mate. <laughs> like, you're trying to make me say Hyman again, mate. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a, it's a brilliant list of opponents to have fought. I mean, you know, he certainly didn't shy away from the, the, the tough fights. So, yeah, fair play to him. No, and he fought them all over the world and in away territory, all of this. Is, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I hope he enjoys retirement and I hope he finds Carl Froch's, um, uh plastic surgeon. Needs to sort that nose out, I'm afraid. <laughs> that no. is a boxer's nose of the highest calibre, Joel. <laughs> no comment. I couldn't give a toss what his nose looks like, mate. <laughs> what does his right hand look like? That's what I'm concerned with. Anyway, no, we, we I have a lot of respect uh, for John Ryder, brilliant elder statesman for the, the sport of boxing. Right, moving on. In this week's news, we've had some uh, fights uh, announced and uh, in a major step up in class, Dalton Smith will fight Jose Zapata on the 23rd of March in Sheffield. Sandy Ryan will be taking on Terry Harper in the Chief Support. Any brief thoughts on that one, Joel? Well, I think it's a massive step up from Sam Maxwell to Jose Zapeda. I mean, Zapeda has been around for a while and he has lost two of his last three, but they're both at a good level. 
He lost to Regis Pagray and then Richardson Hitchens, who looks like a good young fighter. I think it's a great step up from Dalton Smith. It's a fight that we don't see many of these. I'm really, really impressed it, with him. Yeah, and it maybe shows a bit of ambition on Dalton Smith's part, you know, 100%. not hanging around, you know, if you want to get to the top, you've got to get there sooner rather than later. Absolutely. And, and for Sandy Ryan, though, I just feel sorry for her that she's gone from, she should be the, under, well, a unified champion yeah. of weight. She clearly beat Jessica McCaskill. Yeah. Probably took basically every round of that fight. Somehow they gave it a draw. And then she's got to go back in with someone like Terry Harper. It's a dangerous fight. She should do it because physically she'll really outmatch Terry Harper. Yeah. So she should overpower her over the 10 rounds. Mm. But again, when you just think that she could be a unified champion and instead she's on an undercard fight, of a sort of young fighter coming up. Mm. I feel really sorry for her. It's, uh, it's a bit gutting. Mm. Interesting. Here's a, a rematch uh, in a fight which formed our winner for knockout of the year in 2023. Jarico O'Quinn takes on Peter McGrail on April the 27th in Liverpool. This is the uh, obviously the highly touted Peter McGrail who was very surprisingly and shockingly knocked out by Jarico O'Quinn a, couple, a month or two ago. Anyway, he gets the opportunity for revenge in a must-win fight. I mean, if he loses that fight, where does he go? That's career in tatters. Yeah, 100% agree. It's a great rematch. I'm glad they've done it straight away because McGrail needed it. His career was in complete and utter tatters, as you say, already, really. So the only thing they could do was to get the rematch and hope he wins it. Um, judging by the first five rounds of that fight, he should he do should it. Win it. He just needs to keep <clears throat> out of the way. He was superb in the first few rounds of that first fight. Yeah, like what a talent. Hopefully, he doesn't have the. Uh, he's not chinny. Will hinder his progress. To be fair, I think anyone would have been knocked out by that shot. Yeah, but it could have damaged him. Yeah, we'll see. Right, Jordan Gill will take on Zelfa Barrett uh, on the thirteenth of April in Manchester. Another really good fight. Jordan Gill, obviously fresh from his uh, outstanding performance against Michael Conlon. Zelfa Barrett, when did he last fight, Joel? Well, he fought pretty recently, but his fight, I mean, he's won two in a row since the loss to the excellent Rakimov. Yes, He yeah, gave yeah. Joe Cordina all he could handle in that yeah. fight. And Zelfa Barrett back. put Rakimov down in that fight as he well. He did. It was a brilliant fight. And, yeah. and Barrett's just got a, a lovely style. I love watching Zelfa Barrett fight. Mm. I love watching Jordan Gill fight. And, mm. and they've got a opposing style. Jordan Gill just sort of marches forward with mm. his style as he showed against Conlon and yeah. really put him under pressure in that fight. I think this is going to be an absolutely fantastic bout. Yeah, no, this is going to be a really good one, actually. Yeah, in terms of matchmaking, you don't get much better than that at domestic level. Another domestic dust-up. Don't know why I said it in that voice. On we go. Right. According to Ring Magazine, multiple sources claim that Javonta Davis is planning a summer return to the UK. What? Why, though, Joel? What's going on here? I just don't get it. He hasn't fought for a long time. He's coming off a huge fight in America against Ryan Garcia that's catapulted his career to a different level. Yeah. It sold 1.2 million on pay-per-view, which is just gargantuan sales these yeah. days. That's like 10, 15 years ago doing two and a half mil. Mm. You don't do these figures anymore. Yeah. And then obviously he's not fought for a while, but that's that's understandable. He was in prison mm. and then under house arrest and all of this business at the Four Seasons or wherever mm. he wanted to do it. And then they're saying he's going to fight in the UK. And it does seem as though this is the plans. But the reason why I don't understand it is because there is nobody over here for him to fight at the moment. Mm. All I can see is the possibility of him going up to Lightwelter 
and fighting Josh Taylor. Mm. Like maybe Josh, it'll be the sort of thing he'll do would be to negotiate a fight with with Davis and just do it to fuck off Catterall, just yeah. lead him along, lead him along, and then get do the old swerve at the end. Yeah. I don't think that that is something that could not be happening. Yeah. This is not the beyond the realms of possibility. Yeah. Uh, but also the other thing I was thinking, he could maybe be moving up to Welter and, and maybe fight Connor Ben or something like that. But I don't think he'll be doing either of these things. These are just the only things he could possibly do for the fight to make sense over here. Yeah, yeah. What I think is more likely is that he's got a rubbish promoter <laughs> who are handling his career really badly. Yeah. And they're just doing something stupid. Yeah, yeah. Al Heyman, for those of uh, our listeners who might not be aware. Um, yeah, what, what what's going on with PBC? I mean, they're a mess. They're just all over the place. Well, they they just can't promote. I think we're going to go into this a little bit later on. In yeah. Our Kinahan of the Week. Oh, yes, we are. So yes. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't want to use up the material. No, you're um, right. But... <clears throat> yeah, they they're, they're a real shambles at the moment. Yeah, no, I I, I agree. It's it's an odd one, and the fact that multiple sources have reported on it suggests that there might be some truth to it, which which is interesting one to keep an eye on. Right, uh, in a refreshing change to what we often encounter in boxing, Dimitri Bivol has talked up his next opponent, the lovely, the gentle, the uh, the kind Arta Betabiev, calling him his toughest test. Ah, ah, Joa. So this was an interesting one to me because normally, obviously, fighters, if they're fighting anyone good, they basically say they're not worthy to even be in my presence. If they're <laughs> fighting someone they're going to knock out in a round, they talk them up as though they're a real danger. Yeah. Uh, Dimitri Bivol has gone the other way here. And some of the quotes really surprised me and I liked it. He said, I wasn't surprised too much, to be honest, by Betabiev's performance against Smith. He was as good as I expected him to be. I didn't see something new. He was as powerful as before and he did his job well. To be honest, I believe Betabiev is my hardest test. He's physically stronger than Canelo Alvarez. He has good technique too. Many people talk about his power, but they forget about his technique because his power is so much better than his technique. But Mm. his technique is still good. He's very strong. He's like a stone. His punches are very hard. His body is hard. He believes in himself a lot. He has a lot of amateur experience. It helps him. He uses his body shots well. The guy knows what he's going up against and he's perfectly happy and confident enough in himself that he's willing to acknowledge it. I liked it. I really respected him coming out with this stuff. Yeah, and uh, I mean, might not help the uh, build-up to the fight if they're not, you know, slagging each other off. (laughs) But I've got to be honest with you as well. I wish wish all fighters were just really like, because it, you know, it's a profession in which you're putting your life on the line. You should be respectful towards one another. And I think it builds the fight as well if both fighters are saying, yeah, this is tough. this is a really tough, difficult fight. Yeah. Fucking hell, I've got my work cut out here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they don't really need to sell this fight anyway. It sells itself. It's a massive fight. Yeah. Anyway, uh, um, moving on. Uh, Callum Smith, fresh off his uh, defeat to uh, Arthur Betterbeev, has shown some interest in the Anthony Yard fight, but not as part of the 5-5 show. This is, of, of course, the uh, matchroom against Queensbury stable that our ex- His Excellency Ali Al-Sheikh has demanded and he, he will get his wish. Apparently, Callum Smith is getting married in the summer, so he won't be able to do this. No, that's not a good enough excuse, surely, Joel. I don't think so. Move your wedding, mate. A lot yeah. of Saudi, lot of Saudi millions involved here, mate. Yeah, exactly. You know, but as we know, the fella doesn't fight more than sort of once every eighteen months or so. Yeah, so he's not going to do it. I didn't like it as well. Is his? He did an interview with Matchroom, which was just 
laden with excuses not to fight at the moment and yeah. not do the fight. And they were all these sort of small things. Well, other than I guess your wedding's quite big, I guess. <laughs> they could fight outside of the wedding and I'm sure the wedding is it's a summer wedding. They could um, fight they could, whilst the wedding takes place. Well, why that not? That could be a new thing in boxing, mate. Well, just, well maybe he could fight just before, have it as his stag. <laughs> could you imagine as he's taken his vows and his face is just a total mess of crimson? I'm sure boxers have done it before, mate. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they've done it before. Trust me, I look worse on my wedding day. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> but seriously, I... I mean, if that fight's offered, he's got to take it because, as as we sort of alluded to, he's just far too inactive. Yeah, but he's saying he's not going to. I mean, he come up with a couple of bits here. He, he said a really weird thing, which made it a bit iffy straight away. He said, um, he, he sort of said, yeah, people are interested in the fight and I like the fight, even though it's domestic level, it's a bit above that. Mm. Then he said, said, so it's definitely a fight that's an option, regardless of what decision I make on the future. I mm. don't know what his plans are. I don't know whether he's fighting anytime soon. Well, mm. you do actually, mate. He's a main rival of yours and you will definitely know that he's fighting in February. Yeah. You know what I mean? Of course you know that. Yeah, yeah. And he says, oh, it'll be a good show. I think they're saying they'll announce the fight soon. So it's interesting to see what fights do get made on that. But, you know, I've seen that fight mentioned all the time. It would be ideal in a different, you know, thing. Yeah. And that, that's his summary. It'll be ideal in a different thing. He's, he's not going to do the fight. No. Definitely not on that, that card anyway. Yeah. Right, there we are for the news, and uh, we shall now move on to our Kinahan of the Week. That which brings shame on boxing. And you've got an interesting one for us, Joel. We, we alluded to it briefly earlier. So our Kinahan of the Week this week is PBC and Al Heyman who have got their deal with Amazon Prime. And as their first show on Amazon Prime, they've decided to take it to pay-per-view mm-hmm. and they're putting on Tim Zhu against Keith Thurman. One time. Indeed, Joe. And this is <laughs> going to have the chief support on this one is Rolly Romero against Isaac Pitbull Cruz. Right. And then they've also got on the card Erislandi Lara, an ancient Lara against an old Michael Zarafa. Isn't Lara about 41 now, 42? Yeah. He's ridiculously no, old. No one quite knows, mate. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this is an awful first pay-per-view um, yeah. for the PBC on Prime deal. Yeah. And I'm going to lay out some reasons why here, right? So Tim Zhu is a fantastic young fighter who yeah. needs as much exposure as possible. Yeah. He's not a draw in the US yet. He's yeah. not a draw anywhere other than Australia yet. Yeah. But he is the sort of talent that is going to be a massive pay-per-view star in the future. Mm. But you do not build him yeah. by putting him in pay-per-views at this stage of his career. You're limiting the audience. Yeah. He's going to be seen by maybe a couple of hundred thousand absolute maximum on this card. It is not right. Yeah. Right? By way of comparison... Floyd Mayweather's first pay-per-view was against Arturo Gatti, who mm. was a superstar in the sport. He was a fan-friendly fighter. He was a pay-per-view fighter already. Yeah. But by the time that he'd fought, he fought Arturo Gatti here, he'd already fought Gennaro Hernandez, Angel Manfredi, Emmanuel Augustus, Carlos Hernandez, Philip Doe, Demarcus Corley, Jesus Chavez, Jose Luis Luis Castillo twice and Diego Corrales. These were all big fights and Mm. they were all on network TV. By the time he got there against Arturo Gatti, he was ready to explode. It's like they held him back for a couple of fights before they put him on that. What they're doing is just crazy. Keith Furman... One time. He's 35 years old, mate. 35 bloody times, mate. 
He's been a pro for over 16 years. Yeah. He's not fought in two years now. Yeah. Right? He's fought, get this, Joe, three times in seven years. Shocking. Now, look at these fights that he's fought in that time. Yeah. Right? One of them was a majority decision against Josecito Lopez, who by that time had seen better days, to be honest. Yeah. Then the next one was a loss, a loss to what was left of Manny Pacquiao. Yeah. Right? And there wasn't much left of the guy. Mm. Right? And the other fight was a win, as I say, two years ago against Mario Barrios. He's not stopped an opponent since an ancient Louis Calafo back in 2015. That's nine years ago since he last got a stoppage. But on top of that, it's his first fight at light middle as well. Hmm. So, so he's basically going to get battered. Of course he it's is. It's a complete he's, mismatch. He's being led to the slaughter here. Yeah, Total yeah, yeah. mismatch. Yeah. And he's not even that big a name anymore. He's not fighting often i mean what is this they've got no history between each other mm -hmm. no one's been calling for this fight yeah exactly no it's an odd one is it i mean is it maybe like a cash out fight for him or are pbc just so desperate that they just thought oh we need someone you'll do well of course it's a cash out fight for him no yeah. doubt about it I, I just don't know where pbc are coming from they mm. just make so many bad moves it's yeah. like they're just in terms of growing the sport they just don't do it they just stuff like this i mean if you think back when they first went to, did their deal with Fox and all of that, and I think PBC first sort of got their own, bought TV rights. Mm. What, what PBC did was when they started out, they actually bought slots on network TV. Yeah. So they didn't get TV deals. They bought the time, mm. which is a very unusual move for mm. sports programming, but in particular boxing, no one does it in boxing. Yeah. Uh, they had a, basically a hedge fund behind yeah. them. And they just wasted all of their money. They had this, all, this massive backing yeah. at the time and they just spunked it on stuff like that. And their fights, even them, weren't, you know, weren't big. It's like Robert Guerrero against Danny Garcia yeah, yeah. and stuff like this. But, uh, you know, they were overhyped at the time. They were filling their crowds with free tickets. They're <laughs> filling their crowds literally with actors yeah. who were cheering and stuff like that. So you get stuff going on in the ring and that weren't that, you know, it wasn't that exciting. And then yeah. you've got the crowd going mad. And you go, why is the crowd going mad? <laughs> and then it all came out afterwards. They were like, they were ticketing it. They were paying people to attend. Like, no, it's because they were listening to our actors. podcast, Joel. That's why. <laughs> and the fact that you're going to have to pay to watch this. Um, I mean, as far as shows go, it's, it's clear. It's not the worst, but it's certainly nowhere near pay-per-view level. I mean, it's just like. Yeah, if it was a Sky Sports it's Saturday night. It's mediocre-ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's a, a card. It is not pay-per-view. Yeah. No. Especially when we're actually seeing what the Saudis are doing at the moment. I know that that is financially ridiculous, what they're mm. doing. They don't have to think of the finances. But when you're up against that, you can't be putting on pay-per-views like this. I mean, the fight to watch really is Rolly Romero against Isaac Pitbull Cruz, which could be interesting. I mean, normally I would go for Cruz by a mile. He's stepping up in weight, though, so right. I think that the, the, the weight difference might, or the weight uh, disparity will, will probably even it out a wee bit. But yeah, if, I mean, uh, Rolly Romero, as I've said before, has got to be one of the worst current champions because he's dreadful. And he's also a head case. He's, like, he's, he's got two bonkers. of the worst qualities. He's bonkers and yeah. he's just technically awful. I would be genuinely scared around Rolly Romero. I think he's that kind of bonkers. Yeah. I think when, when we previewed him for that fight with Javonta Davis, I mm. said that he, he seemed like a bit of a school shooter to me. <laughs> he, 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 he hasn't changed my mind since. <laughs> well, let's hope he doesn't prove us right, John. 
Oh, I hope they put him through one of their metal detectors on the way into the arena, mate. Yeah, gosh. Right, so there we go. Kinnahan of the week, PBC, Al Heyman, well-deserved. Uh, and this is, just, I mean, it's just nonsense. And uh, it does sort of reflect the state that PBC is in at the minute. They're in an absolute mess. Right, let's uh, go to our previews section. And this is a fight I'm well looking forward to. Joshua Bubatsi against Dan Aziz for Dan's British and Commonwealth light heavyweight titles, the domestic dust-up that has obviously been rescheduled, cancelled uh, last year owing to a Dan Aziz injury. And uh, before I give you my thoughts, all I'll say, Joel, is that I'm really struggling to sort of pick a winner in this fight because it's the true definition of a 50-50 for me. And yeah, what do you think? It's, it's a really hard one to call. So I'm exactly the same as you. We haven't discussed the fight in the build-up to the pod. I have been discussing it with other friends of mine because I'm trying to make my mind up on it. I've made my mind up this evening, but that's how difficult I'm finding it. Yeah. It's a great fight. It's exactly what we want. We love a domestic dust up on this pod. And yeah. it's a battle of South London. It's Croydon against Lewisham. Dan Aziz has been one of my favourite fighters to watch over the last three, four years. Yeah, He is a mini Marvin Hagler in yeah. style. He is five foot ten. Yep. And he's a pure dynamo. He's a machine in there. He mm. goes out, he's all sort of jab and then rolls that right hand over the top. You know what he's going to do, but you can't stop it at mm. the level that he's been fighting at. Mm. He has had a sort of Indian summer of his career. It, not That's actually the wrong terminology for it. He's got better. He's aged like a fine wine, I guess. Mm. He's 34 yeah. years old. And he was knocking about sort of a quite low domestic level for a long time until the last few years. Mm. He is dragging every last bit out of his talent. Yeah. He won the European title a year ago, less than a year ago now, in March 2023, yeah. over in Paris, Paris against Thomas Four. Yeah. Now, he actually looked to me like he was starting to age a little bit in that fight. Yeah. He still won, and he won by a fantastic knockout in the 12th round. I mean, it was a brilliant effort by both that fight. Yeah. And actually, it was a great effort by the referee as well, because it was one of the best stoppages you'll see. When yeah. He landed that right, and the ref jumped in immediately yeah. to stop for getting any further damage. It was, it was an incredible finish, that fight. Now, he's had to relinquish the European Championship. I'm, I'm taking it in order to make this fight, but it is a shame that this isn't for the British Commonwealth and European titles. It's mm. only for the British and Commonwealth, which is yeah. a bit of a shame. Aziz, the key for victory in this fight for Dan Aziz, I think will be his work rate. He's yeah. got to make Josh uncomfortable. Yeah, We've seen Josh in previous fights that when he's up against a fighter that isn't intimidated by his power mm. and he can still roll for forward throwing shots that he can uh, he can look a bit iffy now Buatzi won a bronze medal back in Rio 2016 mm. it's a long time ago now yeah what's taken him so long to get to a fight like this he's only got one name fighter really on his record which is Craig Richard yeah who I would kind of argue really made his name against Buatzi yeah he, the only that was a great one, fight as well. It was a brilliant fight. I was mm. at that fight, actually. You gave me a ticket for it. Yeah, I did. I couldn't go. And because yeah. you got it for free. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cost me £100 at now. <laughs> Still waiting for the money. Right. Um, so it was... Um, yeah, I'm uh, The only other recognisable name on his record is Bolotniks, really. Yeah. And he did knock him out in the 11th. He's had a lot of good big knockouts early on in his career against sort of low-level opponents. 
But he's somebody that has never really convinced. I mean, what do you think about that in, in terms of have you ever been really impressed with a Barazzi performance? No. And I mean, his last two performances, well, the Craig Richards one was a good one. Pavel Stepien was exceptionally flat, or wasn't particularly. But even the Craig Richards fight, I would say that if Craig Richards believed in himself a little bit more that night mm. and committed himself in the later rounds, I thought that Craig Richards actually could have pulled that off. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it was that close. And really, Barazzi, with his pedigree, yeah. he shouldn't be struggling like that with yeah. Craig Richards. Really, with his talent, with yeah. his physical advantages, yeah. I don't think... And with a coach like Virgil Hunter. But actually, Virgil Hunter and him, I don't think they gel that well. Yeah. I don't think it's the perfect coach for him. He's, yeah. he's not right. I think he's become a bit of an overthinker under Virgil Hunter, which is possible with a coach like Virgil Hunter. Yeah. He's fantastic, Virgil is. Yeah. But he's fantastic with a fighter like Andre Ward. They don't share the same characteristics, these two. Yeah. I'm not convinced by that. He needs more of a um, Sugar Hill Stewart type trainer. Yeah, bang on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, bang on. So, yeah. So, where are you leaning to then? Okay. So... Despite everything of what I've just said, yeah, I kind of get this feeling. My my heart yeah. and my head almost says Dan Aziz, yeah, but my gut says that Buatsi's talent doesn't show on yeah. Saturday night. It never will, yeah. And I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt here. I think it should show at some point. I kind of take him between. I actually think he might get a stoppage. In the championship rounds, I think it'll be the last four rounds of the fight. Mm. I think that he will fight up to Aziz's level, and I think he'll, I think he'll do it. And 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 the stoppage really is based on a feeling, because you know he's never actually got a stoppage, but actually past the seventh round, for instance. Other than the one fight against, sorry, he's got one stoppage Was past the seventh round against Bolotniks. Yeah, but he hasn't fought many fights above eight rounders, mm. so. You know, but is there a reason for that? Of course mm. there is. He hasn't been ready for it. Otherwise, yeah. he would have been fighting these fights. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm finding this, I'm finding it really, really difficult. I'm very confused by it. But to answer the question, I'm taking Barazzi by stoppage between 9 and 12. And I hate making that pick. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Dan Aziz. And, but this is, this is my, I think my heart probably slightly overruling my head. Although there, there are some good sort of reasons for doing it. When you look at their their backgrounds and where they've come from, you know, Joshua Boazzi was, you know, won a bronze medal at the Olympics. You could class him as a sort of an elite GB amateur. Everything's been set up for him to just be, you know, make a really good name for himself as a pro, do really well. And when, and when I look at him now and I look at his, his inactivity, I think there's almost it almost seems like there's an unwillingness on his part to be thrown into the deep end, and that worries me. For someone who's got a lot of talent, totally and, agree with that. And then when I compare him to someone like Dan Aziz, who has gone the opposite way, he's had to you know is a small hall fighter, sort of York Hall kind of fighter. He's had to build you know build himself up the really really hard way. He's come the rocky route. He has and. Actually, I think when you you know look at some of the fighters he's fought, Shakam Pitters, Rocky Fielding, Thomas Four, they, they were good fights. And I think in, you know certainly in the Thomas Four fight, I don't think he was the favourite to win that fight. I think he was, but at the same time, I think Four fought the absolute best night of his career. Yeah, I thought he yeah. was fantastic that night. Yeah, and I also look at Dan Aziz's activity now. I know he's obviously been injured, but he fought twice in 2023, he fought three times in 2022. 
So he's fought five times in two years. If you look at Joshua Boatze, he's fought two times since 2022. He fought Craig Richards in 2022. He fought Pavel Stepien last year. It's just not active enough. And actually, if you look at his record, he's 17-0. and He's been a pro since 2017. 2017. Won the Olympics in 2016. Why did he spend a year between the Olympics and turning pro? Even? Yeah, and, and the other thing as well, which uh, these are all sort of factors which kind of, it's almost like circumstantial evidence, but you look at the fallout from his split with Matroom and you could tell the frustration, I think, from Eddie Hearn. I got the impression that Eddie Hearn had a fighter who didn't want to fight in tough fights and wanted the most, you know, sort of understandable in a way. I want the maximum amount of money for as little stress as possible. But at some point, you know, you've got a, you've got a, and also he couldn't really sell. So he, you know, he was causing matchroom problems and they obviously split. He's now with Boxer. And in a roundabout kind of way, it's probably worked out worse for him because Boxer are on the outside looking in of what is now a sort of Saudi boxing program where the big money to be made is in Saudis. I, ju- I just get the impression with Joshua Boatsy that, that, that there might not be a real, uh, it's hard to say this, but there might not be a real fighting man there. And when you compare him to Dan-, Dan Aziz, who is a real fighting man, this is a guy, like you say, he's make the most of his talent. He's literally getting every drop of blood out of it. I think it's going to be a really close fight and I think it, it it obviously go either way, but I, I, I think I wouldn't be surprised to see Dan Aziz win it. Obviously, wouldn't be surprised to see Boatsy win it. But I just think Dan Aziz, the fact that he's come up the harder route, I think when it, when you get into the championship rounds in this one, and I think it'll go the distance. I just think Dan Aziz might have more grit and more stomach for it, and just a bit more about him. So I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna go Dan Aziz. But this is a ridiculously hard fight to call. Also, for listeners out there, if you want to watch a domestic dust-up, you've got to watch this fight because it is going to be quality. I mean, I just can't see how this fight is going to disappoint. It's going to be an outstanding fight. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going down Aziz also because I lo- I just love him as a fighter. I love the fact that he bases his whole style on the marvellous one, Marvin Hagley. He's got the socks as well. It's just, it's so interesting. He's to me, has a, a character... And Joshua Boatsy doesn't have that. He doesn't have. He doesn't resonate with me the same way that Dan Aziz does. Well, I think that you've got in this fight. You've got one boxer who loves fighting, mm. absolutely loves it, and you've yeah. got one fighter who does it as a job. Exactly, and uh, you know, I do think that may, may be the difference in this fight. To be brutally honest with you, the well, fighter who loves fighting will, will probably, for me, just have enough to win the fight. You could well be right, but I'm backing the talent. To overcome the attitude, I guess. I yeah. just think that he's got, surely the man's got to have one night where it all comes together. Yeah. And if it isn't on Saturday, when's it going to be? Exactly. Yeah. So a really tough one, lots of outcomes. What I would be surprised to see is one of them get demolished. I mean, that is something that I just cannot see happening. So it's almost certainly going to happen. And uh, we'll be discussing it next week. <laughs> A one-round blowout. It'll be like when Rocky Fielding fought Callum Smith and and Callum Smith just ironed him out in one round. It wasn't even remotely competitive. But yeah, I just can't see that one happening at all. But yeah, a, a great fight. Really looking forward to this one. And I think it's going to be... I think we're going to have some talking points. There's something about I just think it's going to 
something it's going to go off. unexpected is going to happen or something just ridiculously exciting and amazing is going to happen. Just think when you put two top-level domestic talents in a ring together, it, yeah. it never disappoints. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you might be right about Aziz, the age catching up with him. I mean, he's 34, but Boatsy's 30, though, and Boatsy's been inactive as well. I mean, actually, when you're looking at the two of them, their records, the, the fighter who's active is Dan Aziz. Yeah, but it could, at that age, it could actually count against him because Barazzi could just be a bit fresher, less miles on the clock. Mm. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, let's see how this one pans out. Neither of us are totally (laughs) convincing in our predictions, but hey, at least we've given one. We've had to make a pick, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. There we go, we've done it. Right, we are done for this week, so we hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you've been able to stomach my stupid sense of humour, my uh, howling laughter. Joel, any last words? Love you all. And on that note, goodbye.